You throw another moon at me, and I'm gonna lose it. Stark. You know me? I do. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. My only curse is you. All that for a drop of blood. You have my respect, Stark. When I'm done, half of humanity will still be alive. I hope they remember you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. It's Jay. It's Willie F. It's the freaking holiday weekend. <laughs> Screenshot or something like that if the, the microphone picked it up. Oh, yeah. Did you hear that? Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I'm terrible. I'm trying to be professional here, but you know. Anyways, how you doing, man? Got the fresh tat? Fresh, fresh tat, tat, tatty. Can, what does that mean again? It's, it's, I see hands and a clock. Okay, so it's, it's an hourglass. Okay, I'm and, stupid. Okay. And it, it, it has like a pocket watch in the, in the top of it. Okay. Like where the sand would be, right? And you can then, post it to the page because this description is pointless. People oh, are stupid. Oh, Don't forget that. You know. <laughs> but then the bottom of the hourglass, it's, it's broken at the bottom. Uh-huh. So the sand is spilling out and there's a hand down there. The, hand, the sand is um, going through the hand or whatever, what have you. Okay, okay. So, I see that. The symbolism is, you mm-hmm. know, of course, hourglass watch, it all symbolizes time. Of course. So then the broken part at the bottom is the loss of time. So, you know, the, the act of losing time, the feeling of losing time, rather. And then, you know, it just spilled through your hand. So to me, I felt like in a lot of my later 20s, I was losing a lot of time, whether it be in job situations, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in friendships, just being in situations that were dead in and I didn't get out of them. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to take that from my mental and put it on my physical okay 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 all right all right so so for you your thing is so that's basically symbolizes a man that has time and he thinks he has time in his hand he really doesn't yes so you don't really feel like you have control of your destiny so to speak i feel like i have control of the time but it's not going to be forever of course not. You know, gotcha. you you flip the hourglass over, you got the you got an hour's worth of time again over and over. Over and over. But with this one, you know, the, the bottom is broken, so you're eventually gonna run out of time. Okay, okay. And um is is the purpose of the hand, is he like trying to savor some of that time with the with the sand that he's trying to catch? By the time it gets to the hand, it's the realization of that, you know, you can't grasp a lot of sand yeah, in your hand yeah, and not really, enough to matter. Right. So at the time it gets to the hand, it's the realization that it's just slipping through. It's like, you know, oh, this is going faster than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I like that shit, man. Got a deep tattoo. You didn't just get a... This is literally, this is literally something I've been wanting for the past, I want to say, three years. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've been wanting this for a while. So, yeah, I just didn't go in there and was like, I want a tattoo. And 
it took him two hours just to draw it up because like you know i had like three images like you know in i your want head? this no I, I had physical images okay it's like i had i want this but i want this element from this one and i want this element from this one and my man's put it together bro okay. shout, shout, shout out to reggie what's it, what's Rid, it? reggie jesse underscore art that's r-e-g-g-i-e underscore j-e-s-s-e art that's what's up that's what's up man um i like it uh i think you should get more <laughs> I just always feel like I mean I've always said you know once once a person gets like a tattoo that size, then it only makes sense to like add to it. I mean if you're treating your body like a canvas, then treat your body like a canvas. No, I wasn't treating my body like a canvas, but you know like this is okay. Well, aside from that, yeah, like you know saying, these yeah. tattoos were like you know twenty minutes, you know something something simple, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. This was like a tattoo session. Like gotcha. This took some planning, some clearing of a schedule. You just didn't pop in and get a tattoo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just don't let take another three years is all I'm saying. I mean, Cause, I'm, cause I'm only going to put something on me that I, that's inspiring. I'm not just going to get something random. Oh, of course, of course. So, I mean, it, now that I got an artist. Like, that was my hardest part is finding a, a decent artist. Oh, yeah. He's, he's very, he's more than decent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's more and he was decent. looking. He's like, I don't like to say, you know, I'm impressed by, um, you know, my work or anything like that. But he's like. Man, that looks real good. And I'm like, but you did this. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you imagine, were doing this. I can imagine how you felt. I mean, it's almost like, you know, directing or, you know, writing a movie and then actually seeing it on the big screen. And it's like, damn, this actually came out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Sort of like Infinity War. <laughs> I mean, I really don't believe that the Russo brothers thought that that movie was going to be that good. I should get the Infinity War poster on the other one. Wow. I wouldn't take it that far. That'd be but, crazy. Uh, yeah, just get the gauntlet. Oh. That'd be crazy. You can't, you, you can't get Marvel. You can't put Marvel on your body, though. That's somebody else's ideal. That's what makes I that could, tattoo so unique, because that's your idea. I could get Iron Man wearing the gauntlet. Oh, God. The big rumor is his next suit is going to have the gauntlet. It's going to be able to hold the gauntlet. I mean, he's done that in the comic books, but I just don't... I think the way... I feel the way that the MCU is going to go is I think they're going to give a lot of... I believe a lot of focus is going to be on Black Panther and Captain Marvel for some strange reason because I feel like we're, we're in the real world, I feel like we're trying to take so much power away from the white man. And I really feel like they're going to transfer that over to the MCU in order to, you know, how do I say, make the audience feel, you know, welcome. You know, they, so they you're going to gonna lead it up with the black guy and a woman? Pretty much. I mean, in more more than likely, wherever they vanish to, Black Panther's probably going to be the hero in that in that world wherever they are because we know they're not dead. And in in reality, Captain is he going to be getting gonna, washed in that world? That nigga stay getting washed up, bro. Hopefully, he go to that world to get tougher because that nigga his hands is trash to me. Like he's he's on Hulk level. Like he just he ain't no he he get his ass whooped by everybody. But at least he got out to throw hands though. I mean, yeah, he ain't no punk. He ain't no punk, dog. That's, I mean, that's why, I mean, people listening to this show would probably be surprised that I'm more, I'm Cap, I'm Team Cap, and you're Team, you're Team Stark, you're Team Iron Man. This, I, this, this is Civil War. Yes, always, <laughs> every day. And I mean, growing up, I, I was always Team Spider-Man, but the current Spider-Man, I don't like him. I, he's annoying to me. And he's he's everything that I would I wouldn't want from a superhero. He's he's whiny, he comes off as very weak, and uh, he's just too child. He's too childish for me. And maybe that's because I've grown. But 
I've never saw, I've never seen Spider-Man in that light. Like, Spider-Man and The Flash are my favorite superheroes. I say this all the time. So, the the most recent on-screen live-action, you know, depictions of those two were horrible. The actors are great, but the way that they actually execute, it's just, it's, 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 it's an abomination to the character. Spider-Man is just, one of the, it's so many flaws that I could point out in Infinity War. But, it's not really worth pointing out because your average movie watcher doesn't notice those flaws. But one that does make me laugh, though, is I remember Childish Gambino was in Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Yeah, buying guns and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and in that scene, Spider-Man was terrified of this thug. He was just a thug. He was terrified of this thug. So you're telling me six months later, this dude is going up against the strongest person in the universe? He's not scared at all. Because he was an Avenger at that point. Oh, man. Fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> this dude's jumping on. He's literally jumping off of a school bus to jump onto a spaceship. But he's scared of your average everyday gangster? I, I didn't I didn't find that believable. A lot can happen in six months. Man. Ain't shit happened in six months. But, but the fact that better directors, got, better directors and writers got a hold of it. And they really pulled out the Spider-Man that we should be seeing. Spider-Man is, he knows his strength. He knows his strength, and every day he gets he gets shot by how powerful he is. You know what I mean? This is the same kid that was shot when he caught a truck. But remember, remember in Homecoming, like Stark was like, "No, nah, if Cap wanted to end you, he could have ended you." Because that was his like, he's like, oh, "I would toe to toe with Captain America." He's like, "No, nah, if Cap wanted to end you, he could have ended you." He, Spider Man, wash up Iron Man and Cap any day. They're not stronger than him. He's one of the strongest people in the MCU. He's a he has the strength of a spider. It's like being an ant. No, okay. he's he's. I mean, to to give him the Iron Spider Man suit is just you're making him stronger than ever. <laughs> like straight, like legit. Spider Man is one of the strongest. Like he's went toe to toe with. But you gotta Hulk. know your strength too. Exactly. The older Spider Man gets, the stronger he gets. He went toe to toe with Incredible Hulk. This Spider Man couldn't do that. He's weak. Like, but this this, Hulk, saying, this like, Hulk is weak too. It's all about the writers, dog. And 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 I'm bringing this up just to say. I mean. People have an ideal, they have their own imagination, and when it comes out on screen, I be, I guarantee you, like, they're shocked at the outcome. Um, the Russo brothers, they did hold the Incredible Hulk, but I think there was a reason to that. I think that they felt like the Hulk just had it too easy too many times. He just, he, he, Avengers won. He just, he just became Hulk, unstoppable. Age of Ultron, just jump out there, killing everybody. And it's just like, huh? You gotta de- you gotta you gotta humanize him a little bit. That's why this current generation doesn't like Superman because Superman is a god. You know, like they just feel like it's just kryptonite. But his his emotions humanize humanize this Spider Man. I, I mean, this I, Superman. I enjoy, I enjoy Henry Cavill as uh, Superman. I'm just saying, like the you know, as a collective, the masses you know have a, have they have a tendency to try, kind of not the most recent the most recent rendition of Superman. And I feel like they're crazy. I feel like he's he's emotional. And he's this he's this being he's this alien that's trying to fit in with this human society that is very fucked up. But at the same time, as he's trying to save it, it's like they're trying to destroy him. Like that's a that's a huge conflict. And I feel like Zack Snyder did a real good job at exploring that because in the past, I mean, in all honesty, he was just this godlike figure. He's just swooping through. Who gonna stop me? Who gonna stop me? Square up, square up. But I mean. I like the fact, 
the point the point where you, the point I'm saying I, I'm trying to point out right now is I like the fact that you used your imagination to bring something to life. And I mean, if it takes you three years to do it again, cool. But I mean, I think that you're a pretty creative guy. It shouldn't take you another three years. No, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. And and like I said, the hardest thing was finding him because the last guy I found was this Asian Asian guy. My coworker put me on. Mm-hmm. I might have told the story before, but y'all gonna hear it again. Oh. So I went there. You know, he didn't speak English. So he had, you know, somebody there that was kind of interpreting everything. And, you know, I had basically the same base pictures and I was, you know, trying to give him the concept as well. And so he started and what he started turned out to be really dope. Mm -hmm. But then later I get an email from him like two weeks later. He's like, you know what? Your skin is a little bit darker. Maybe you should get something simpler. And I was like, it doesn't matter to you what I want. You're, I mean, not to sound, you know, all uppity or bougie or, or like a dick, but your job is to do the work. So, you know, I, I appreciate your recommendation saying, oh, you might want to get something simpler, but you don't, you don't, I'm not just getting an arbitrary tattoo. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of turned me off with him. And, and then it was like, you know, you drew up 90% of the tattoo literally, and then you just stopped. I mean, if you didn't want to do the shit, you didn't want to do the shit, in my opinion. You sounded a lot like Tony Stark just now. I just realized. So I was like, well, this guy really sounds like you are a dick. I, I, you, you know how people say, I don't mean to sound like a dick right before they say something that sounds like a dick. sounds like a dick. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's like, hey, your job is to draw the tattoo, to draw it and to do it. Like, I mean, you know, you tell me, oh, it's not going to look good on your skin. Yeah, that's cool if I ask for your opinion. I did not. <laughs> that's a big deal, though. I mean, um, the confidence of the artist is going to be displayed in his work. So, I mean, if he wasn't confident from the get-go, I mean, I'm glad he didn't do it because it would have showed in his work. Yeah. He'd have been kind of nervous the whole time and he wouldn't have, you know, he'd have got on the court like a guy that probably just got out of high school and he's jumping into the NBA and he's not, if he's not sure of himself, his first couple of games is going to be a little shabby until he becomes confident and then you see it on the court. Mm-hmm. You know. And this guy, bro, low-key, I was about to tap out. Really, it hurt that much, bro. It, it, once you got past, once it got to like the, pretty deep. once it got to that third hour, I was like, all right, I'm starting to get antsy now. Like, and you know, it, it just had hit all the nerves. So even though you're way up here on my shoulder, I can feel it in my wrist. Gotcha. And so you know, we started taking more breaks towards the end, and he's like, you know, all I got left to do is the shading. You know, some shading, and I got some highlights because he did some some highlights in white. And he's like, trust me, it's gonna be worth it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so when See, he did that, and I looked, there? yeah, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm, if it's gonna be worth it, and then like I went and looked, I was like, yeah, this hot, these highlights definitely make it stand out. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, it almost looks like you you've had it. I mean, it looks fresh, but it's like you had it a couple days already. I mean, like it doesn't look like you're um, in pain because a lot of times I see a person with a fresh tattoo. And it looks nasty. It kind of has like, those welts, almost yeah, like it's, it's like your skin it's just up. right away. Like I got good skin, bro. Do you? Yeah. I don't know, man. You didn't say that a couple of weeks ago. You were I got like, good skin, good hair. I agree with you with the good hair part, but I feel like your your skin, you don't even like it that much. What do I hate about my skin? Because you were saying that you were going to the fucking doctor and shit. And like, remember the dermatologist. And oh, that's because my that face weird. is trash. My face breaks uh, out. That's your fucking skin, man. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's decent when it's not broken out. Yeah. But, shame. you know, other than that, you know. It's... I mean, I, I hardly see you broken out, but it, it is weird when it happens. Like, you like a fucking... Yeah, it, yeah I'll break out and it, it's like, like really bad. It's like, what the fuck did I do? Well, shit happens, man. Yeah. But I don't want to bore the bore the listeners with our imagination talk. You know? But uh, 
been a lot of shit happening this in this little week, man. Has it? Yeah, I mean R.P. to Aretha, John McCain. Yeah, I actually forgot about that. Oh yeah. See? See? Damn. See? <laughs> <laughs> That's pathetic, huh? Yeah. I think Aretha was first because it takes black people a long time to put people in the ground. Mm, I heard that. <laughs> I heard that funeral was long, too. I heard the funeral was an all-day event, too. Why was Ariana there? Because Why? she could sing. I, I agree with you. I feel like she, I, I think she's a, you're the modern Mariah. I would have to agree, sir. Yeah, yeah she definitely, definitely she agree. definitely. Did you ever listen to her album? It's out. I thought, I thought it came out September seventeenth. Remember, August I told 17th. you it was out sweetener. I I'm told tripping. You, yeah. I, I thought it was coming out September seventeenth. I said I was gonna give it a chance, but I didn't think. I was in the gym, and it popped up on the screen. It's yeah, I seen sweetener, and I'm like, I swear it said September seventeenth. I was like, I can't listen to it right now anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I give it a chance. I mean, it's funny, man, because as of late with music, dude, like, I just don't be jumping to music like new music like that. Like, I have to hear it so many times. Hey, you gotta check this album out. And when I hear it so many times, you know, I end up falling from credible sources. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, credible sources. Because if I if I really value your music opinion, then I, I I'll, I'll listen to some shit. It's easier for me to listen to singles, but listen to whole albums that I really never wanted to listen to in the first place. It's pretty tough. Yeah, but uh, most people know me. No, I'm a. I'm, I mean, I feel like Eminem's the greatest rapper of all time, and um, and it, for me, it's real. It was real hard for me to take Eminem serious after recovery. And this is the, my next sentence is going to sound real fucked up, but I enjoyed the pill head doped up Eminem <laughs> a lot more because I felt like he was almost like he was already an incredible rapper, but then you got him high. And he was on a whole nother level that people really couldn't even fuck with. It highly annoys me when people try to tell me that, oh, Eminem's a dope rapper, but his content's weak. And I'm like, the, the same person that'll tell me that would be a future fan or be a fan <laughs> of Travis Scott. And I'm like... Somebody that's not lyrical at all. Yeah, I'm like, dude, the nigga, the, Eminem is lyrical and his content is solid too because if you listen to his music, there's always a point to a song. It's not just... He doesn't just have empty bars. He's not just on this bitch mumbling talking about taking Pop and Molly. There's, there's been a... Like, I want to say from... What was the... What was the, the first one was the Marshmallows LP? Was that the first Slim one? Shady. Huh? Slim, Slim Shady? Shady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, from there to, what was one right before Encore? I mean, Eminem showing Eight Mile. Eight Mile and Encore was around the same time. I, I, th- I, th- I think I think Encore was a very lyrical Eminem where he, well, he only not, had like a couple of new songs on there. Huh? He only had a couple of new songs on Encore. Encore was more of a what was like a greatest hits almost. I, I, I felt like that Eminem was... Or was it Eminem show? I, I'm thinking an Eminem show, maybe. An Eminem show to me and to my homeboy, Sean, we really feel like that was the first time that black people could actually jump on an Eminem album and really be like, I fuck with Eminem because I felt like the beat selection and the energy behind it was more was more for everybody and more for us. Yeah, my yeah I agree. Opinion. And that's, that's when I would say I started like paying attention to him because... Like, uh, the Slim Shady was like, okay, cool, but you you humping dead antelopes and, exactly, and all that. So I was like, exactly. right, I don't was, relate to that. Yeah, but it was then, more of a, of a lyrical circus right. than a Slim Shady LP. I feel like Marshall Mathers' LP was very serious. I feel like every song on that bitch was serious. That's why I just killed, like somebody says he doesn't have content. I'm like, are you, have you seen the I Am video? This dude's falling down on, you know, you know, several stories 
And, you know, or three minutes. Is, yeah, I mean, it, it's shit. It, it, like, it's a point to the song. Like, to listen to Stan and say Stan doesn't have content, but then people use the word Stan till this day. Right. Like, but he doesn't have content. It just baffles me the way people think. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, w- I would definitely say the Eminem show was more for everybody. And I felt like his first three albums, I felt like that's all we needed from him. I felt like if he if he did Andre 3000 this, I wouldn't have been mad, bro. But just like with Jay-Z, I felt like Jay-Z never had to drop anything else after the blackout. No. You know, and I Probably felt like... Probably shouldn't have in, in some cases. To be honest with you, like, it's... I understand that there's a passion for it, but... There has to be a reason, like, a niggas got to know when to stop. You got to know when to stop and go out on top. You know, and it's crazy because Tupac and Biggie were forced to do it. <laughs> they had to go out, you know, with this day, this day last album. Mm-hmm. But then assholes, you know, music execs put shit together and put forced out material. But for the most part... Some unreleased material. Your last Biggie album, your last Pac albums, that was a good way to go out. It was an unfortunate way to go out. But, I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um... But I bring this up to say, like, it took, like, I wasn't gonna listen to Kamikaze. I didn't listen, I haven't listened to an Eminem album since 07. Because I just really felt like, you know, he's Jordan to me. Like, when I'm, when I was watching Jordan growing up, you know, being a kid from Chicago, once he left Chicago, Jordan didn't matter to me anymore. The same thing with Hakeem. I, ne- I don't remember Hakeem in Toronto. I don't want to. At all. You know, so I don't wanna remember Eminem after 35 years old. Eminem's always been old since he got in the game. But Eminem after 35 is like, I don't really have any interest in him. Because I saw the BET cipher where he was going at Trump, and like people were like so blown away by that. But I'm like, Y'all don't remember serious? the other one? <laughs> like, do y'all not remember the other Matter of fact, not the other one. Do y'all not remember in the basement? Do y'all not remember like <laughs> the beef, like when he beat with Benzino, Ja Rule? Like, I'm talking prime Eminem, and like, y'all are blown away by this? And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I finally listened to Kamikaze yesterday in the gym. I was impressed. I felt like Royce the Five Nine definitely made him step his game up. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I've been saying this for almost three or four months now. I feel like Royce has the album of the year to me. And I, I know a lot of people are not going to agree with that. But I know that played a tremendous you know, part in Eminem coming back. He could blame it on everything else. But he listened to that Royce album and was like, hold up. He's better than me. And Royce <laughs> has been better than him for a while. He was the one that was originally on Renegade. Yeah. You know, they actually took his verse off of Renegade because, I mean, it was more of a label dispute type of thing. And then D12 and Royce the Five Nine start beefing and all this other shit. But for the most part, I mean, lyrically, Royce has always been able to keep up with, with him, if not be better than him. But we only measure success with popularity. That's why people are so confused when, when you come up with, if I come to you and I tell you, hey, Childish Gambino is better than Drake, you can't change my mind on it. I know he's better than Drake. Mm-hmm. I know Chance the Rapper is better than Drake. But the thing about it is, it's the popularity that Drake has amassed to make people feel that, you know, Drake is better. And also, it's an opinion too. But at the same time, to me, like, I listen to Childish, I listen to Chance. I listen to a Kendrick. I listen to a bunch of artists that I feel are better than Drake, but it's the popularity behind it. It's it's like wrestling. Like, you know, your your most they may not be your best wrestlers, but they're gonna be the most flamboyant, the most savvy, you know, the most you know, the most appealing to the crowd. They may not be your best wrestler, 
but they might have the most personality. Of course. And that's one one areas where personality sells. Personality. I mean, that's to me, that's all it is nowadays. It's it's antics off. It's antics away from the artistry. Like people don't even really pay attention to the art anymore. Like that's why people couldn't listen to Kanye. We're talking about rappers, and we're talking about political views. I'm telling you right now, it was a large, it was a long period of time where you didn't give a damn if a rapper was a Republican or a Democrat. You didn't know. It was jamming his know. shit because his shit went hard because the artistry behind it was dope. Like, I tell people all the time, I really feel like Kanye's been Kanye for the last 15 years. Like, Kanye is going to be Kanye. Kanye is going to Kanye. And you're just learning more <laughs> about him now. Yeah, it's because of social media. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't sympathize with anybody. I just have common fucking sense. Like, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to do what the racist white people do. I'm not going to do what racists do. Racists take one moment of your life and judge you by it forever. And and when I say that one moment, I mean one thing about you, which is your skin color. And they judge you by it for the rest of your life. That is stupidity to me. Like... That's why I, I kind of feel for James Gunn with the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, situation. Because I'm like, we're talking about tweets from 10 years ago. Why, I mean, why the sudden uproar, you know, when this guy has, has reached a certain level of success? Like, somebody definitely is behind the scenes that wants to sabotage this man. Oh, yeah. You know? And, it, and it's a sport now. Yeah. Like, as soon as somebody gets on, it's like, okay, let me go see what dirt I can find on them. That's fucked up. Let me go see how I can discredit them. I'm not going to let, like, I don't agree with David Batista, Batista speaking of wrestlers, with the whole, I'm not finna work for y'all no more because y'all fired my guy. But I respect it because that's his biggest role in his career, other than being David Batista. Yeah. So when you're talking about somebody that opened a door for me to put me on a whole nother level to open up more doors for me, I'm riding with him to the end, no matter if he's right or wrong. And in this case, he was wrong 10 years ago. He's not wrong today. You know, he apologized already. There's no proof of him ever fondling kids. That'd be a different story then. Like, I can't go to bat for somebody that I know is a pedophile. Somebody that has pedophile thoughts and puts them on Twitter to be funny? You're a dumbass, but I'm not going to sit there and crucify you for it for the rest of your life. Right. Like, we, we don't... We act as if we're really this progressive society, but we're not. Like, I think a couple of days ago... This kid in Colorado, I don't know if you heard about this, I think his name was uh, Jamel White. Um, this kid in Colorado, he was nine years old. Um, you heard about this? Yeah, I heard yeah. about this. He came out and he told his mom he was gay. You already know how I feel about that type of shit. At nine years old, you don't know what you are. I, I, so you're, you're, I believe you're, the same. Your sexual intellect, your, your sexual knowledge to me at nine years old, if it is at that level, that means that there's something wrong with society. But life. even look at this, at the age of nine, Yes, I preferred to spend more time with boys than girls. Girls still had cooties to me at the age of nine. Of course, they do. They still so, have them. So, yeah, like, I, I want to hang out with guys. Just, so, like, listen, with, listen, they still have cooties, Jay. <laughs> Just so you know. I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. But, it's like, you know, I'd rather be playing with my boys than, you know, hanging out with girls. Yeah, because girls are playing with girl toys. Yeah. I don't want to play with girl toys. Yeah. So, and me, like, I didn't know gay and straight at the age of nine. No, I had, I had no clue. So to me, it would never cross my mind that you know I, that I'm gay because I prefer to spend my time with boys. And the process that at the age of nine, and everything that goes into sexuality and relationships and stuff like that, to know that I'm gay. That's are you, a, are we a, saying that kids are there now? 
They shouldn't be. Has that changed in the past 20 years? It shouldn't have. But we want to be so we want to be so different from how, like the current the current generation now wants to be so different from us to the point where they feel like everything that we did was wrong. Like they feel like we were raised wrong. They feel like our thought process was wrong. They feel like they felt like we shouldn't be where we are today because oh we this is just dumb. Like it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, an eight year old should be able to say I, I'm a girl or a boy. All right, w- why? Like there's they can't I guarantee like they never can really articulate why. They just feel like uh, like you're literally telling me that I have to ask my baby for permission to change his diaper. <laughs> like you really have come to the point where we're that stupid as a as a. As, is humanity sunken that low to where we just want to pity everybody? Like, dude, we're still in a world where scientific there's scientific proof that shows that the human brain develops in a certain way. It, it really doesn't reach its full potential until 25. And then it builds on that. It, it, we can't just selectively go through science and proof and say, oh, we're going to choose this, we're going to choose that, we're going to choose this to support our arguments. We can't do that. Um, and I, and, I, and I'm bringing this up to say, no matter how far along we think we've come, you have to realize that this nine-year-old boy, after, you know, telling his mom that he was gay, his mom said, you know, don't worry, I still, I, I still love you. So, obviously, this boy feels like, okay, my mom thinks, you know, I'm, my mom loves me, that's all that matters. You know, in that in that moment, that's what he's thinking because mm-hmm. the result was him committing suicide because he got bullied after going to school on the first day and telling people he was gay. And it's like, no matter how far along we think we've we've come as a as a society, we have to realize that the the thought process of liberals and Democrats or either side, like they don't affect every household, like. They don't, like, everybody doesn't agree with homosexuality. Everybody doesn't agree, you know, with nine-year-old boys identifying as girls. So you're still having to realize that when you send your child to school, you need to understand that we still stay in a conformist state, meaning that you still have to act accordingly. And if you don't, you're going to face the consequences, which are you're going to get bullied, you're going to go home, you're going to realize that your mom's love is not enough. And you're going to kill yourself. That's the end result. And that's crazy because at the age of nine, and I would say even all the way up to the age of 18 in most situations, the opinions of your peers weigh more than those of your family. Of like course. Your, your parents and stuff. Like you care about what, what they think of you at school. Like eating lunch alone is traumatic yeah. for a child. You know, not being picked to play ball is traumatic oh, yeah. for a child. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, when you go out, yeah, I know mom loves me, but I know when I go to school for eight hours, nobody talks to me. They call me gay. Like, they, they call me a girl. You know, they, they throw stuff at me. They knock stuff out of my hands. They pick on me. That's a lot for a nine-year-old. Hell, that's a lot for a 30-year-old. Just imagine having the mental capacity of a nine-year-old and trying to process all that hate. And, I, and I'm not saying you, you need to hide who you are or any, any, anything like that, but I'm, do you know who you are at that age? And I, in, my, in my opinion, you don't. My niece is six. If she told me, Uncle Jay, I'm, I'm gay, I'm going to say, Peyton, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
<laughs> but I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna think that, but then I'm gonna say, well, Peyton, sometimes you gotta be gay. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you gotta be gay, you know, but I know that she has no idea what she's talking about. You mean to tell me in three years she'll be able to learn and know what gay is? I don't believe that. I think it's I think it's a it's a it's a sick environment we live in when we don't want to appreciate the innocence of a child. Like it's sick to me to to think that we have teachers out there that want to talk about sex at eight or nine. You know, I think it's sick that we have parents out there that want to put their kids on the internet at seven years old shaking their ass. You know, like I think that or smoking weed. Smoking those girls got. I mean, forty years for that. They got forty years in jail for that, right? They sh- no, I don't think they they got that far yet. Okay, okay, but they're 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 they're, they're gonna get a harsh sentence. Yeah, they're, they're probably gonna get. They're gonna time. get what they deserve. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't. It's almost as if this current civil like we the civilization is not civilized anymore. We don't we don't really value children no more. You know, I'm gonna tell you like this, man. It's funny we had this intro. I'm gonna be real with the audience right now. I, I, I'm not a crier, and I don't—I'm not a crier at all. I, I, my eyes get watered from time to time, but in 2018, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Cause three times this year, three times, bro. One time, the first time was when I saw Infinity War, when uh, when Tony Stark got stabbed. You know, my eyes watered up. It was kind of tears of joy. Wow! It's kind of too. You're a grade A hater. You're a grade A hater. No, but I, I really felt bad because I, like, I, I at that moment, I mean, I thought about the fact that you know he told Pepper he was coming home, you know, but then he told her he might not. But it was still fucked up because I'm like, bro, like, you know, Iron Man, you know, he usually he gets the job done, and I was like, fuck, you know, it was like I felt for Thanos too because I was like, Thanos had a plan, he had a mission, and he's executing this shit. It is what it is. The second time was when I watched Coco. Let me tell you something, bro. I still haven't watched Coco. That shit was fucked up, bro. That shit, that's not a fucking kids movie. I don't know what I don't know what Disney's thinking or Pixar or whatever. That's not a kids movie, bro. Like, that shit ain't cool. But You said that shit ain't cool. I think the importance of Coco, I'm more of a fan of teaching children about death early on rather than teaching them about sex. And that might sound weird, but I think death is important because a lot of a lot of kids are going to lose their grandparents at an early age. So death is important to understand. That way, when your child is four or five years old, the first time they go to a funeral, they understand why they're there and they're not acting a fool and being silly. But I also believe that there's an age there's an age that kids shouldn't be allowed to go to funerals. Oh yeah. Personally, to me, like first of all, don't bring babies to funerals. Just like you shouldn't bring babies to a movie theater, and don't bring you know I would say under six or seven. To a funeral, just based on the fact that, I mean, it's if you haven't taught them about death yet, then it's you shouldn't do it. They don't. So, they're, they're not going to understand. They're going to. They're not going to. They're not. Why, gonna why is Grandpa laying up there? Why exactly. is he? And they yeah. might do something stupid and disrespectful, and we never want to put kids in that situation. The third time I, I uh, my eyes watered up was was a couple of days ago, bro. When I was watching, uh, won't you be my neighbor, Mister Rogers? Don't watch that shit, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I think that's probably the best I remember I've seen in my life. Really? Like, real talk. Like, there was no agenda behind it. Just telling his story. That was just telling his story. And I felt like... So all that stuff about him being like in the Navy or, or something like that? That's all fake. That was, oh, okay. It's not true. Oh. That's why... That's why I was... It's I, fake. I don't know. It, it, yeah. he, was, he was just a guy from Pittsburgh. And 
he 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 when he got out of um seminary because he was trying to, he was he was going to be a preacher or whatever. So he's just always been this genuinely good guy. Grew up in a middle class to rich to a rich home. I mean, Mr. Rogers was rich when he was young. I ain't gonna lie. I think he I think he was. Shit, I might as well say he was. I think his parents were millionaires. They didn't get that deep into it, but he wanted to be a preacher. But the TV came out. The television came out. By the time he got out of you know college and it was leaving the seminary, I think he came home and saw a TV, and it, and he saw people watching it, and he was watching it and he was like, they ain't talk about shit on here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they ain't showing people you know getting hit in the face with pies and shit. Like that was the entertainment, and he was like. Kids need something. Children need something. Children need to learn. Like, we should have learning programs on here. So he was like, I'm going to do it. And you know he was rich when he was just able to go to a studio and be like, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and we're going to go from here. So he started pretty much just playing with sock puppets, but at the same time, he was teaching kids. Obviously, I bring this up to say that, besides the fact that I was crying like a little punk, but... (laughs) He there are those actually, times when your emotions are just at your fingertips. Yeah, and I like Mr. Literally. Rogers. To summarize this, the movie, Mr. Rogers basically, when he died in 2000, 2001, Mr. Rogers dying was, to me, a good symbol of why I have no faith in humanity anymore. Because the things that he valued as a, as a, as a Christian Republican, <laughs> I know a lot of people would hate that. He was a Christian Republican, but a lot of people thought he was gay. And one of his, uh, it's, yeah, a lot of people thought he was gay because one. How of the, do you get that from a man talking about children all day? He was too nice. <laughs> Remember I, that crazy too nice, which is ridiculous. I, I even said it on another episode about you. I was like, oh, so you're too nice. It, it, real talk, it's ridiculous to say somebody's too nice. But he was a Ned Flanders. He was an actual Ned Flanders. There was no proof. His wife, his kids, friends, everybody. Dude cursed from time to time, too. Oh, yeah. But he was human. Yeah, there was no proof of him ever being mean or bad to anybody. Literally, he was kind to everybody. Like literally, everybody on the show was like, never. He he was just a good guy. And his kids was like, my my. I thought my. I thought I literally felt like my dad was God. Like I thought. I thought at times I felt he was better. Like that's how they felt about him. Like this was no. And you can see the 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 genuine way that they were speaking about Miss Rogers. You're like fuck. Like. We lost, America lost something great. And in the end, when they lost him, they were at his funeral, like, protesting against him because he liked gays. He liked gays to the point where one of the best singers on his show was this black guy that was gay. And um, I forgot, I think it was Officer McNeely or whatever. But the black dude that sang on the show was a gay guy. And it didn't come out. It was This was when Hollywood actually was private. And there was no TMZ. So we didn't catch wind of this. But in the first instance of him figuring out he was gay, he said, uh, the dude, he said Mr. Rogers called him in the office and was like, hey, man, you know, I heard you was at this gay bar, you know, in San Francisco or whatever. He was like, yeah. He was like, but you're married, though. He was like, yeah, but, you know, I'm, you know, I'm gay. It, it, for the sake of the show in the 70s, in the, in the, in the early 70s, he was like, bro, you can't be out there no more. Simple as that. He said, your lifestyle, I'm never going to judge you for it. But you can't be out there no more because America can't handle that in the 70s. Yeah. So, long story short, in the end, he basically was demonized for basically accepting this gay guy. 
even though he was a Christian conservative Republican, he got demonized for basically welcoming this gay guy into his neighborhood. And it was funny to me because, I mean, the, the, gay, the, the black dude, I mean, he even started crying. And it was just it was just fucked up because I'm sitting here thinking like even after 18 years after Mr. Rogers died, a guy like Mr. Rogers that even still held his Republican and his Christian values was still able to accept this gay guy. He wouldn't even like he wouldn't allow people on his set to bully him. You know, like people on the set. I mean, you knew. Can, that, that's what that's the thing that gets me is like people act, act like, oh, well, since this person's gay, I can't have respect for them. Like, yeah. they lose respect. That's crazy. I got to treat them like they're something less than human. And that's not right. And <laughs> the point here is, like, even with a, a guy like Mr. Rogers trying to infect this, this society with his kindness, and as much of an influence as he had on, 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 this, in, on this in the United States, like, he failed. Honestly, he did. Because look where we are now. Nine-year-olds killing themselves? Like, that's crazy to me bro like nine-year-olds killing themselves and these nine-year-olds probably don't even understand death unless they watch coco of course because coco finna teach you about death in a fucked up way wow. just saying yeah man, you got you, i'm bro. afraid to watch coco i'm no. just gonna read a summary of what bro that about. shit is crazy but no nah, man i mean i feel sorry for the mom that lost this child but at the same time I just still feel sorry for this society and this world that we live in today because I honestly don't think it's going to get any any better. When you lose a Mr. Rogers, bro, and if you saw how hopeful he was, you'll see towards the end of the um, the end of the documentary like how he even lost hope, and he was just looking like, man, people are really people this is coming what the world is like because this? yeah, this he left at a good time to be honest with you because if he didn't see the world today. He'd been like, nah, bro, take me out of my misery. His wife is still alive. But yeah, he was not a he was not a Navy SEAL, never killed anybody. All that stuff was made up. Yeah. You know, it, it was funny that those rumors even, even existed. I mean, that type of that type of information went viral before the internet. You know, because every you know why they put that on him? Because they never want to believe somebody was that good. <laughs> you gotta dirty him up a you little bit. You gotta dirty him up because you know why you gotta dirty him up? I need him to be more like me. Mm. That's that's what we do. We need we need to be able to relate to people, so we need to we gotta dirty them up. It's fucked up, man. It's real fucked up. But check it out. Make sure you don't don't drink or anything like that. Don't get high because you might be more sensitive. So, but I, I recommend it, man. And you know, I usually always come up my recommendations, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. I, I remember you said something about the fitness industry that that you wanted to talk about, and I forget what it was. I mean, besides it being a joke, um, I think I think the fitness industry, and, and, and be honest with you, I mean, I I I hate the fake humbleness of people in the fitness industry with a passion, like these. What? You know what I mean? No, no. What do you mean? I mean, like these fitness people will will, will actually be like, it's a it's a second persona that they have because. These people feel like, okay, I lost all this weight, I got muscles, I got abs now. I need to, I need, I need to, I need to make my internet personality more approachable. But even when they do in this, even when they do that, it's still fake because no matter what, I mean, eventually you gotta meet these people. So when you meet these people and you realize that they're all dicks, they're pretty much just celebrities and they, they really don't appreciate you for building them up because no matter what anybody says, I mean, 
to have that K behind your, you know, behind your number on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever, or to have that verified, like that's a big deal. But you got to understand something. We the people got you to that point. Mm-hmm. Because if we all just decided to unfollow you one day, all your sponsorships are gone. Nobody fucking with you no more. You know, I was actually yeah. You get out, you get out there and say some wild shit, <laughs> and then that number start dropping. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And that's why I respect people. I mean, I can't say I respect people. That, yeah. <laughs> I can't Hold say I, re- I can't say I respect people. Period. <laughs> I, I like LeBron for what he stands for, but LeBron has so much money it doesn't matter. LeBron could personally say whatever. Donovan Mitchell couldn't. Donovan Mitchell can't afford to be outspoken like LeBron yet because he doesn't have that contract. And he's in Utah. It, 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 there you go. <laughs> you know, so LeBron, he's in a position where he could say things like that. He could, he could talk reckless. Like I was telling you about Eminem. If you ever, if you know anything about the Detroit scene, the Detroit scene has this, has their Suge Knight, has their Jay Prince. He goes by the name of Trick Trick. <laughs> He's a fucking savage. And it, when you ever, whenever you hear about, um, if you ever go back and listen to um, Toy Soldiers, the Eminem song, probably one of my favorite Eminem songs. But he, he talks about Runyon Ave. And Runyon Ave is a, is a street in, in uh, Detroit. And obviously, Trick Trick has a lot of ties to that. But Trick Trick is a hitman. So... If you're wondering why Joe Budden is not going to respond, because he's not stupid. Like, seriously, like, he'll get killed or he'll get beat the fuck up. I mean, remember that? that, is, that is that the extent of, like, Pusha T still going out at Drake after Jay Prince said it's done? You got to realize what Pusha T has on his side, too, though. Pusha T has some niggas on his side, too. Like, there, there's levels to this shit. Jay Prince, got a, Jay Prince holds a lot of weight, but at the same time, I mean... Push it. He's from Virginia. The DMV area got some got some goons out there too, you know. So niggas know how to fight their battles. And in all honesty, Drake is just a pawn. Drake is just a pawn. Drake, Drake, Drake. Drake is Drake is bringing in money for Jay Prince. That's about it. Need to need to keep him protected. The mob tie. I mean, you gotta realize Sauce Walker went at at Drake. So you gotta think about that. Sauce Walker. You're just talking about a regular street, a Houston street guy. That he ain't scared. A lot of niggas didn't win at Drake though, and. It gets you to thinking, like, are these? You said it on the show a couple of week, a couple of weeks ago. Like, he's trying to get out his contract. You think Jay Prince doesn't know that? So at the end of the day, Jay Prince just looks at him like a he's just an asset. He's not really trying to protect him. You know, he don't want his numbers to fail. That's nothing. But Eminem and Trick Trick, <laughs> that's that's family, bro. Yeah. Like, you like I, I, keep, I keep I keep forgetting the name of the rapper, but I know he snatched his chain. The name of his clique is Goon Squad. Like Goon Squad originated in the Midwest. So you got Bump J has the Chicago branch. Trick Trick has the Detroit branch. But at the end of the day, Trick Trick is that guy. Like, for real. So when it all comes down to it, like, this is far more than, oh, Eminem makes money for him. It's not like that. It's like, this is family. Like, you're one of the biggest artists. You put Detroit on the map again. And um, we got your back. That's that type of shit. It's not, it's not Jay Prince and Drake at all. Drake is just an asset. He's just... He's just income, mm-hmm. so it's 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 a bigger. That's that's why, and I say this, you know, that's why Eminem talks reckless. I mean, because don't get me wrong, Benzino was a real, he was a gangster too. I mean, Murder he was, it was on some gangster shit too, but like, come on, like you talk about Detroit niggas, you know where you know where BMF got they shit started. Yeah, Detroit, like <laughs> that's a dangerous ass city. Like that shit, it's real out there, bro. And like, 
niggas don't understand the magnitude of some of that real street shit. That's why I actually like what Joe Button, what he said about um, when Triple X died. He was like, bro, like, academic don't understand. Like, y'all niggas get, y'all get beside yourselves and start forgetting that some of this shit, this, some of this shit is real street shit. And some of these guys ain't out here entertaining anything. Like, they will fucking kill you because they ain't getting paid millions of dollars. So y'all out here running around acting stupid and shit. Y'all reporting on shit that y'all shouldn't be reporting on. Y'all putting people's lives and families at risk. You know, and that's just to say, like, we don't live in an era anymore where I think people are serious enough at times. You can see it on the internet these days. Like, like people think everything's a fucking joke. And it's like, bro, like, it's not a fucking joke. You know, like, you know, you can post all the memes you want, but somebody's getting harmed. Somebody may possibly be harmed by this meme that you post. Like, Nobody gives a fuck about Bill Clinton. No. But at the same time, shit, he has a home to go home to. <laughs> and Hillary probably gave Hillary said, like, ass. damn, Bill, you really was looking at Ariana little ass like that. How, how do you feel about the preacher, you know? Do you think he was caressing her little flat chest itself? <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell. But it did, by her body language, it looked like she was trying to pull away a bit. I, I never, I, have, I still haven't seen it in full. I've seen it, and it looked like she was trying to pull away a little bit, and he was trying to keep her close. So, I mean, it looked at when like they zoomed in on his hand and stuff like that, and I can't, that's I can't a, judge a, based on just his his fingers and what he's doing. Like I have to see everything, and when I see everything, it seems like her body language. She's trying to pull away a little bit, like I don't know you, you know, yeah, you know, you're putting on a face up here, but you know, you you know, you're grabbing me in the wrong area. And so it looked it like e- she- I think it was easy. I think you have. I was talking to Pineapple the other day, and we were talking about pet peeves. And one of my pet peeves is close talkers. <laughs> I can't stand close talkers. Like, bro, give me my personal space. There are people out there that don't identify with what personal space is. Very true. I'm not defending this pastor or whatever he was, but all I'm saying is once he put his arm around her, he established that he was comfortable. And he felt like he wanted to make her comfortable. And people that are affectionate... And touchy-feely like that tend to do things like that. Like, when Amber was in here the other day, and, like, she was talking about how, like, when she was about to leave, and she, you know, was shaking my hand, and she's like, I don't know if you're a handshaker or a hugger. You're like, you don't know. So, that guy may be Southern. He may be from, he may be a Southern person. They about Everybody's putting their a arms hugger. around and hug. Like, they're about hospitality. They're about being hospitable to people. So, that's probably just in his nature. But it's 2018. Everybody loves being a victim. Everybody likes pointing out the rapist. You know, everybody likes pointing out the pedophile. They, they, that's all social media has turned into these days. Dragging people, ruining careers, trying to destroy people. So therefore, he did something that everybody doesn't identify with being normal. So therefore, they're slamming him for it. Do I think that he was trying to come on to Ariana? I don't think so. Is Ariana attractive? I think she's attractive. Um, but I don't know if this man's married. Right. You know, and I don't think if he's married, like, is he, is he, I'm pretty sure his wife is there, the first lady. So I'm like, is he that boy? She's not, she's not missing Aretha's way, um, funeral. You know, so come on, bro. Like, I don't think that his intentions were to fondle her on live TV. I don't think Bill Clinton, no, let me stop. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I think, I think that's all about angles. I'm pretty sure he was, and, and, they're on the ground, they build like an iron board. So, like, what are you looking at? Honestly. She's very cute. Yeah, very, very, very. 
but she's not she's not a curvy woman. No, not at all. So, Her, uh, I, I hated the fact that we resorted back. And to Bill people. like his girl BBW. He does, does it? He? he does. I think. I think. Type I think. Suck some dick under the office and eat some lunch. With you. Wow. Wow. In Bill's defense, I don't know what Ariana was even singing, but was she killing that hoe? I haven't heard the audio. That's what I'm saying. Was she killing that hoe? Like, was she like getting it in? I bet. Because I think she, I think he was amazed by her performance. She was getting it in. Because I mean, because you you have these, you have Jennifer Hudson and you have Fantasia performance like Ariana Ariana Grande, like, but But she's strong vocally, like like you said, she's a she's a a a, a different type of Mariah, even to me. And y'all know I love Jennifer Mariah. Jennifer Hudson and Fantasia was there. Yeah. Shit. I kind of forgot about. That. I, I follow. I followed the funeral primarily on Twitter, and they said um, Fantasia tore it down. Vocally, they 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 fucking with Ariana. There's some powerhouses. I forgot about that shit. I can't believe I said that. Cause I, for me, for me, it goes Adele than everybody else. It, it goes Whitney, Adele than everybody else. In my personal opinion, I can see that. But Jennifer Hudson and Fantasia definitely have range. But for her, Ariana to be so little, and you know to be who she is, she definitely has range. That's kind of scary. And I, she didn't even look like she was at a funeral. Not yeah. saying what she was wearing was wrong, but I'm just saying she ain't like she was at a funeral. Like she looked like she was there to perform. And I think Bill Clinton was like, damn, I'm getting a free performance in this bitch shit. Like, this crazy. I'm seeing Ariana. I mean, it's the same girl that was at the uh concert where it got shot up, right? Yep, yep, yep. You know they they shot so, up on her concert. Yeah. You know, that's when Big Sean was winning, right? I don't recall. Okay. I might have been was, might have been Mac Miller time. Possibly. Have you listened to Mac Miller's last time? Nah. Never been a fan of huh? I've never been a fan. I like Mac Miller's mixtapes. I've never been really big on his albums. But no, I mean... Sean, another Detroit guy. Yeah, Sean. Sean protected too, though. You know, Sean... I mean, Eminem ain't never going to go at Sean. Like, it, it's and, funny to me that Eminem shots out Logic. And I just be trying to tell people, like, people sleep on Logic. I'm like, y'all niggas out here tripping. Like, that nigga Logic can go toe-to-toe with J. Cole any day. And this has been gang affiliation with Willie F. <laughs> just... I know that's what it sounds like. I mean, back in the day, that shit was like information that if you really cared about an artist, you would peep shit and you would kind of look around. But I mean, I it, was, it's it's almost like the same as when when we talked about this a long time ago when when the drug dealers see the little boys on on the block with potential. Oh yeah, yeah. No, nah, yeah, no. Nah, go to school. You know, you can hoop. You know, you got a chance to get out of here. Don't don't be over here fucking with us doing this shit. Exactly. That's that's what it was, and then. A lot of shit had, you know, when, when Ob Trice got shot and then Proof died, a nigga started digging a little deeper. I'm like, what's going on out here? Niggas tripping. And then, I mean, being from Chicago, like, I know niggas be out there tripping, but niggas tend to forget that Detroit, Detroit and Flint were worse than Chicago. But you don't hear about that because Chicago has become, Chicago has always been mainstream since Capone era. So it's easy to put Chicago out there as this big murderous city, but Detroit and Flint are just as dangerous. And um, Fort Wayne, Indiana, like the Midwest is dangerous. <laughs> like, but you heard about Molly Tibbet? Nope. The white girl that died in Iowa. She got found in a cornfield. I think so. Yeah, I think I read that. Yeah, there's a lot of white people died too. Regular that's, white people. That's my point. It was her. It was that that guy that killed his family, like his wife and two kids. Like it was, it was a lot of white people dying. That's this week my too. point. I swear, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. And we were talking, like he it was it was a person that fucks with EMT. He messes with this person as an EMT. And he was like, dude, you would be surprised. We brought this up because I was watching the, the Netflix show, I Am a Killer. 
And is I that was, good? Yes, because <laughs> episode five happened where I live mm-hmm. in my area, and I felt it was funny because I'm like, damn, like this shit happened in 1999 over here in the spring area, and I'm like, this is crazy. Like I ain't never heard about this shit. Why are they pointing this shit out? And then we started talking. And he was like, bro, you'd be surprised at how many apartment complexes where somebody commits suicide or a grandmother's found dead. We as EMT go in there and scoop them up three o'clock in the morning and get out, and nobody ever know. Yeah, like he was like, you'd be surprised at how many people I've. It saved. just doesn't make the news. Yeah, you'd be surprised at how many people I've saved from ditches after flipping their trucks over, you know, on 1960 or some shit or on Westheimer. And I'm like, damn. He was like, the news always is going to choose the ones that they're going to cascade out to everybody because there's the ones that they choose, they pick and choose, they pick them for a reason. This Molly Tippett girl was, um, you know, she, she died in Brooklyn, Iowa, and she was found in a cornfield. But when they did the, they weren't even going to, this wasn't going to be a big deal. But it only became a big deal because her father was a senator. And with her mm. father being a senator, and they start digging deeper because she was a little white girl. They start digging deeper and they realize, oh, the guy that killed her possibly was an illegal immigrant. Oh, we finna run with this shit. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. Like, to be honest with you, I think it's multiple kids that since the last, the first week of school probably killed themselves. But this one right here was important because why? Gay. You know what I'm saying? It, the kid being, oh, oh, I am gay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing them in. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you look back to that. I'm, I was like, it's crazy because it's so much to it. But it's always something so simple that's going to make the media say, hey, pay attention to this, pay attention to this. Although your next door neighbor probably just died. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? More people died than John, John McCain and Aretha Franklin. But what, who do we pay attention to most? John McCain and Aretha Franklin. Like, that's crazy. People die every day. As fucked up as that sounds, people die every day. It's just a harsh reality. Yeah. You know, I mean, expiration dates. I mean, if somebody's born every day, it only makes sense for there to be a death every day. Just saying. But you asked me a question. I never really got to finish it. You asked me about the fitness, fitness industry. I mean. Cause I, 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 now I remember that because I remember that one person that we've been talking about for a few Weeks now, little death, little death is, is what we're gonna refer <laughs> to her I mean. as, little death, because she's been training for this. Uh, was it bodybuilding? It wasn't even bodybuilding. Let me tell you this, bro. Because it was just, it, it was just her basically slimming down. Like what was Christian? What was what was that movie with Christian Bale? Hell, even um, Matthew McConaughey in Milk. Was, like yeah, slimming down. I'm surprised you've seen that. Was it Milk? No, that was Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, that yeah that's what it was. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club. I don't, L- I don't know L- what the fuck Losing is. is not hard, especially when you're starving yourself. You starving yourself and just doing straight it, cardio. It, that's easy as fuck. It's easy to. It, that's painful too. I, I'm reading this book called Dead Doctors Don't Lie by Dr. John Wallach. And in this book, he talks about how the people that have the longest, uh, you, you know, the average, the average, uh, the death rate, you know, our expiration date as human beings, you know what it is, right? No. Um, just across the board, I'm going to just say 75 and a half. Okay. Your, your average human is going to live to be 75 years old. All right. He talks about how most humans that do meet, reach the 75 years old, 75 year old range are couch potatoes. He said couch potatoes live longer than people that stay active. You know why? Less stress on the body. They, that's one. 
Well, that's that's it. Because with all that stress on the body, the main things that stress the body out, the stress the stresses anybody's body out, is loss of minerals and loss of the things inside your body that keep you alive. So when I went to hoop in the gym this morning and I played seven fucking games, you got to real think about how much sweat I lost. You ain't got no hoop stories? I, I blew a wide open layup. <laughs> I was, bro, my leg, I was like, my legs were dry. dead. My legs was gone, bro. I was like, fuck. And, and the ball kind of slipped, but I was just, it was, I was balling before that, but bro, I was done. Yeah. I was done, man. So wide open layup. Well, it was out there trash. <laughs> but, uh, but um, we lose as athletes or as people that stay active a lot. We lose so much. We lose so much to the point where when we're being active like that, we have to make sure that we restore our bodies with everything that we lost. So although, although working out has its, a lot of benefits, Honestly, one of the main reasons people work out a lot is because that they know that by working out, they maintain that youthful look. People that exercise a lot and stay active, they tend to look younger longer because their bodies look more fit and they look better. People that don't work out tend to be chubby, out of shape, and they tend to age a lot more. But at the same time, they're hardly ever losing any of those minerals and all those things that they need to keep them alive. So therefore, they're able to make it to 75 a lot easier because of less stress on the body. Mm -hmm. So once again, it's easy to lose weight when you're killing yourself. That's why we're referencing this person as little death. Because to me, that's we're all going to die. But the route that she's going, she's expediting the shit. She got an express lane. Naturally expediting the shit because she's constantly losing a lot of vitamins and minerals and all kind of these important things in her body. And not that, replenishing them. And not barely replenishing them. How are you replenishing them if you're not eating? They're, I'm telling you, man, supplements supplements are really are fast food restaurants. That's all a supplement is. If you're drinking a protein shake, you're just going to a fast food restaurant. You know why? Because there's nothing better than actually getting protein from an actual natural source. You want to get your protein from, from a fucking avocado or some shit or something natural that's grown from the earth? Fine. You want to get your near near BCAAs and your protein from beef, chicken? It's better to get it that way rather than getting it in the chemical version and it's watered down and it's it's never going to be what it is getting it from the natural source. That's all it is. It's all all it is is a supplement for the real thing. That's what a supplement is, and people tend to forget that. And like, I don't knock people that drink protein shakes because I drink them too, but there's no way in the world that I'm going to wake up in the morning. Five days a week and only drink a protein a protein shake for breakfast because nothing is going to beat a sausage biscuit. No. Ain't nothing beating that Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, bro. Bro, McDonald's will give you a sausage biscuit and a hash brown for a buck fifty. A buck fifty. If you on a budget, bruh. that's a solid breakfast. A buck fifty, man. I'll be in there. Ain't and you won't no. be hungry. Shit, I went to man McDonald's by my house. I went there the other day. And they got the kiosk in that bitch where I don't got to go to a cashier no more. <laughs> you just, you just pull, plug it in and then they call your number. That's it. I'm like, up. Oh, y'all about to lose y'all jobs. The wave. <sighs> I don't want to talk to you because you're going gonna... to. Last time I went to McDonald's, I was like, look, let me get the quarter pounder and let me get two apple pies. And I'm, I'm not a bag checker. So when I get home, whatever I have is what I have. Yeah. So I got these strawberry cheesecake pies and I'm pissed because I had my taste buds set on the apple pies. Damn. They hold you. First and foremost, 
I've been getting hoed a lot lately. <laughs> this is my hoe season, and not in a good way. Not in a good way at all. The, the, hey, Blue Design, that they, they got my Yeti microphone. Fuck y'all. I hope I've y'all been, listening to. I've bastards. been calling y'all. I've been texting y'all. I've been tweeting y'all. I'm damn near gonna put a, a a letter in the mail. You might have to, bro. They don't answer the phone at all. I've been leaving voicemails every time I call. I leave a voicemail. I've been sending emails. Nothing. You've had my mic for over three months now. I need my mic back. <laughs> That's fucked up. Now. They that, that is drastically fucked up. Because when I told them I had an issue with it, they responded quick. Oh, boom, here's the form. Send this in. Go to UPS. We got you. They they, then they was like, boom, all right, we got your package. You should hear something back from us in one or two days. I even gave them a full week before I started asking about it. Because like one or two days, like, damn, that's a pretty quick turnaround. I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person sending mics. So, you know, I give it a week. And since then, at least once a week, and now I've kicked it up to like every day, Monday through Thursday, because that's what the phone says their hours are, I get nothing back. Stay consistent with the ass, bro. You got to stay on the ass. I still haven't got the shirts that we ordered. Yeah, that shit crazy. I'm getting hoed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's life, though. I'm going to start pulling up on people. <laughs> you might have to start pulling up I'm on just going to start pulling up. Hey, I'm outside. I got these addresses. <laughs> They, th- they think I'm candy out here in these streets. Yeah, can't, can't be candy in these streets, bro. <sighs> but yeah, man, I, I, I do fitness for my own reasons. And I'm actually a very kind person. You ask me anything about fitness, I'll answer the question. I'm not like these dickheads online saying, if you want me to ask, you know, you want you want you got questions, you got to pay me. I do online training. I don't got time for all that shit. Everybody can't afford that shit. So I'm not the type of person that's going to hoard knowledge from people that are trying to better their lives. Because to be honest with you, you know, to, to be able to afford a, a trainer is a luxury. But the least you can do is send them a fucking Google link, you know, to actually, you know, act like you're trying to help them out. And I see a lot of trainers do that. That's why I don't really have a lot of respect for any of the trainers or these wannabe fitness gurus that we see online. They're all a joke to me. Well, at least 80% of them. I was uh, talking to a friend of ours the other day. A friend of ours, Courtney, and she and she brought up um, that when she's driving around, a lot of times that she sees you know at signs like the at of somebody's Twitter or Instagram or something like that, and it reminded me of something that we were talking about when Marche was on the episode about everybody trying to build their brand, and I feel like that's all that's that's what we are in, in society now. We're in a society now where people don't even have to have a lot of talent. But they know if they amass a certain amount of followers that they could bring in, they could start bringing in revenue. No matter how much, no matter how talentless they are, if I can get 10K, then I can, I can start me a GoFundMe and I don't got to work no more. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So, to support me posting randomness. I mean, I like HaHa Davis, but at the end of the day, everything he posts isn't funny. No, not everything. You know, I mean, I'd give him a good sixty percent, though. Of course, of course. I mean, you know, there's there's a few of them out there that are, I can give them the four out of seven. They're funny, but goddamn, like Kevin Hart ain't even that funny all the time, in my opinion. And he's a real, he's a professional comedian. That's what he wanted to be. He actually does comedy as an art. You know, if I ever got to meet somebody like a a Duval in person or a uh, Chappelle would be my favorite to meet. I would really want to ask them, like, how do they feel about this culture of people just saying, you know what, I'm going to be a comedian now. 
Because I really feel like it's kind of like. I think people think it's easy. I mean, it, I, I, people, my friends think I'm funny. Therefore, I'm funny. I should be a comedian. That's what, that's what it's become now. It's it's become it's become an art style that you can really laugh at. I mean, because these cats really ain't doing nothing that that's that I couldn't have thought of. It's just that I don't want to be a comedian. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Podcasting isn't you know fucking tremendously hard, but it takes consistency, patience, and you're gonna get the kinks out, and you gotta find your niche. Because everybody out here can't just be podcasting about stupid shit. That's why I was even telling the homegirl the other day, like, if you have a specific subject that you want to podcast about, and you know that you know that subject well, I guarantee you if you start that podcast, you will find a following. Yeah. Because somebody out there wants to know about that thing that you're talking about. But I mean, and I, and I appreciate that because at least you're giving me something that eventually, if it's worthwhile, that community is going to support you and that's fine. But just to just... Put an at symbol on this fucking Volkswagen Jetta. <laughs> follow me. Follow me. And I'm following you. I'm like, bruh, you ain't posting nothing but stupid ass memes all day. <laughs> I don't care if you did create these memes. Dog. There's memes. no substance here. Memes are not that. Memes are more influential than they should be. Don't get me wrong. Memes are a decent source of entertainment, but all of us can create memes because they're not hard to do. All of us couldn't get up in the at a forum. We couldn't all go to the fucking Madison Square Garden, sell that bitch out, and make everybody laugh. We couldn't do it. Couldn't That's do it. An, hour, an hour's worth. We couldn't do it. That's comedy, bro. That's an art. Dog, what's going on today on social media is laughing at the art style of Richard Pryor, of Fred Sanford. Like, those dudes actually crafted an art, like, and actually did something with... For me, what they did, well, they took an art style, which was comedy, and then they became actors. And that was still a hard transition because acting is another art. But they actually had to get so good at what they did to actually get that spot on Saturday Night Live. And then to get to the point where, okay, I'm acting so much on Saturday Night Live. Let me try to get me a full movie bid. Right. You know, it's a process to it. But now you just got cats just jumping out there making a mockery of the game. Hey, man, get your money. But understand that I'm an old school cat and I know what the true art form is. Like, I know what art is and I really don't see what a lot of these cats do. And, and real comedians know, like, you just don't get out there telling jokes. There's a setup. There's a delivery. Like, even if you watch a Dave Chappelle um, stand-up, you'll see that he'll tell you this first joke and then an hour later, he'll tell you another a, joke a that tied it all the way in. It's art to that, bro. Just, you're, he's a storyteller. And a lot of these cats, it, it, for a long time, there was always this thing about comedians actually being geniuses, actually being pretty fucking smart. And your better comedians are the smart ones. People think Seinfeld, like Seinfeld may not be for everybody, but there was an art to what he did and there was a genius to what he did because how he told his jokes, nobody else was doing that type of shit. Like, like Jim Carrey, like I watched his documentary and it was crazy because it was like Jim Carrey didn't know he was going to be Jim Carrey because he felt his style wasn't commercial enough. But he created something that was like, damn, like, that nigga cold with it, bro. Yeah. I forget the cat's name from uh, Naked Gun. Leon Nielsen? Yeah. No, no, no. It's... It's Leon Nielsen. No, it's a little Nielsen. It's a fucking Taken. Yeah, it's, yeah. What the fuck, man? I'm talking about Taken, man. I know, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Google it. Why you I need talking? that boy. I need him and Denzel in the movie, bro. That ain't going to too hard, bro. I, 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 I've only watched the bootleg. Bro, my movie pass is tripping. What is it doing? Leslie Nielsen. 
Oh, it is Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I was trying to go see something the other night, and it was like, all right, these are the only two movies you can see. I'm not even fucking with Fridays and Saturdays, bro. Well, I don't even remember what day it was. Like these are the only two movies you can see during the week, bro. If you got a movie pass, my recommendation to anybody out there is go during dead hours and go during the week. It's fucked up that we only get three movies now. But I will go during dead hours because they really try to complicate it for you when you're doing you're doing it at a, a surge hour. Like they really try to complicate it for you. It's to the point where I know for a period of time they were making you still pay money out of your pocket. I'm like, hold up. I'm paying nine ninety five a month for a reason. You know, like this is supposed to be like my Netflix for movie theaters, but it is what it is. I, I, I do hope that they, they can at least make it four. I go to movie once a week. Once a week, you yeah. Three, that's fucked up. But um yeah, I mean I I, 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 Leslie Nielsen had a to get back to the point. Leslie Nielsen had a style that was, um, you know, I, I, Leslie Nielsen and Jim Carrey both Canadians, but they both had a style that was not familiar to America. But when it broke through and people like accepted it, they realized, oh, this shit really works. It is funny, you know. Like I said, there's a genius to this shit. This shit that I'm seeing nowadays, bro. This shit don't be funny, man. Like I ain't even gonna lie. Sometimes people send me shit. That ain't did you, know, did you know he was dead? LOL. Huh? You know he was dead? Who? Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, he died like uh, 2008, 9? 2010. Okay, yeah. Now I do. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He, ain't, he ain't missing that. Bro, I'm telling you. Shit going on today, bro. STD fucking on the rise. Niggas out here are still going raw. <laughs> like, bro. It's... Literally, niggas, it's a big ass breaking news. STDs at an all time high. STDs at an all time high. Can I go to Amber Rose page and see that? Mm mm. Yeah, I know what you can see if you go there. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just curious. And, and we, she's encouraging you to be who you are sexually. And a lot of, and I ain't blaming it on her. But the current culture right now, with this whole sexually being sexually liberated and free, when you're telling that to the wrong crowd, the wrong people, what's going to happen? They finna be out there going raw. Because all they thinking about is, well, shit, I'm just living my life. This is my truth. Well, your truth finna get somebody AIDS or gonorrhea or herpes. Your truth finna give, give somebody something they can't give back. Just saying. Like, I ain't never been to one of these whore walks. But I imagine that they ain't out there chunking condoms around. No. They throwing dildos around and shit, though. And I bet I bet a lot of guys go to a slut walk try to pick something up. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Like that, that's like It should be easy, right? That's, that's like shooting fish in a bucket. <laughs> I would think so. They come to they... one place, yes, I'm sexually free. Not that I want to sleep with everybody, but it's somebody out there. I think I'm gonna be honest with you. At a slut walk, I'm gonna think 80% of the people out there are probably 80% of the women out there are probably lesbians. Really? I think a slut walk is nothing but an extension of a pride walk. Hmm. Because I think your more conservative, classy women that do have sex, even if it's casually to them, they're still not out there trying to let everybody know that they're out there slutting it up. They're discreet. Exactly. And even with men, the men that are having you know, a lot of casual sex. They're not out there trying They're to discreet. Yeah. Because if you're having, if, as a man, if you're having a lot of casual sex and you're broadcasting it, guess what? Women aren't going to want to have casual sex with I you know, because yeah. they don't want to be broadcasted. Exactly. Like, it makes sense. So, just for women to say, you know, men are out there, you know, they can do whatever, they can do whatever. 
they can do whatever with whoever allows it. So if if you know a man that, oh, yeah, he slept with three women in a week and then you end up on that list, you allowed that. Because you know this man to know that he's already had three, three sex with three people already in, in last week. So if you jump on the wagon on, on that fourth week, what's why why would his numbers go down? Yeah. Why? Yeah, good question. I ain't got all the answers, though. I don't even pretend to have a single answer. <laughs> Being progressive today, to me, is just hilarious. Like, I've seen nothing but wrong occur. Like, Jamel Miles, if we didn't stay in a world where we felt that we need to tell kids about sexuality at seven, like, who needs that? Like, who needs to, who needs to be exploited at six or seven years old for knowing how to twerk? Like, what, what is the purpose? Yeah, like, these things are just, waves crash eventually, and these things, I, I just don't think they're going to last long, you know? Like, all this pro-black stuff I think is going to die out soon, like, it's, it's, it's just a joke, really. I mean, just get a Democrat in office and all this shit going to die down. That's think all so? they want. And, it, 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 and obviously, most people that you know want Democrats. I mean, a lot of those people are they identify as lower class, lower class or minority. And a lot of lower class wants welfare. Yep. And I ain't never not welfare in my life. But at the end of the day, Republicans go about it as dicks. But at the same time, their whole purpose is to encourage people out of the welfare state because the welfare state cost us. Yeah. The welfare state. You, sh- you should encourage free. people get to get your get your own get, get your, own. your shit together. You know, like the people that own small businesses, they benefit so much more when a Republican is in office. You know, when people are in the middle class and the higher class, they benefit so much more when a Republican is in office. I tell people like these are the basics about politics. But at the same time, if you're a minority, you're probably going to get the shitty end of the stick anyway. Like unless you're in politics, you know, I know female lawyers out there that are that are good lawyers. And they're still underpaid. You know, they're doing the same. They probably have the same win-loss percentage as, you know, Billy Billy, Billy Foster over there. But they're still getting paid less because, one, with you being a minority and also being a black woman, it's a good chance that if you get this white kid that's, that has a murder charge and his family has money, their family's not going to go to you. They're going to go to a white man because they're going to want a white man to represent a white man. Yep. What's going to be the purpose of them going to a black woman? And even and even then, when a black man goes go is going on for capital mur- murder or rape or something like that, and he knows that he's about to get a white judge, and let's just say this black kid, his family has money, why would they get a black woman to represent them? Just realistically. I mean, I ain't against it. There, like, Did you watch the, the OJ thing? Um what on uh, FX? Made in America. Oh, was it, was it Made in America? Yeah, I think about the FX. Oh, you said okay, the uh, same one. But whatever the OJ story was, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there was a lot of strategy in that. Like it wasn't just simply I'm gonna get the best attorney and you know we're gonna push forward. Like there's a lot of strategy in who you select to represent you. There was a lot of strategy that went into 
selecting the jury there was a lot of strategy that went into okay when the cops come to the house you know what image of oj do we want them to see when they come and view his residence it was a lot of strategy into that so yeah of course like if i have a white judge and i'm a i'm a black defendant you know i'm probably going to want a white representative because at least that judge and that white and my representative my white attorney will be kind of on some kind of wavelength exactly it's That's, not going to be a completely me against them. Exactly. I mean, it's similar to why we, we, if you go to a black school, most of the teachers there are black because it's 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 an identifying thing. It's a it's a um, it's a it's a, it's a method to it. It's a method to the madness. Is is as funky as it may sound, it it's, it tends to work. But to me, I think if I had a primarily black school, um, I think it's important that we still keep the staff diverse because no matter what these black kids will have to interact with white authority once they get out of school. Most of your bigger colleges are predominantly white and the, the, the staff is white. So why hold them back now? Get them used to it early so they learn, so they understand and learn respect because what I see when I was even in the teaching field was a lot of black kids tend to look at white teachers as the enemy. Yeah, and in this current state that we are in now, they're, they're not looking out for my best interest. No, exactly. And the current state that we are in now, with this, with this pro-black, anti-white, somewhat, um, it's dangerous because the minute they come across somebody white, it's they're in, they're in defense, and that's that's very dangerous because it's a lose lose. It's a fucking lose lose. Like once again, that's why my my faith in humanity is you know I, I'm making sure that the people that directly affect me are in a good mental state that's that's pretty much my job but trying to cure the world of its of its ills i'm you're not about the martin luther king me you're not <laughs> about the malcolm x me bro and i mean honestly mr rogers went out like that like mr rogers was he he was actually an advocate of kindness and spreading it that was his main goal and like i said i really feel like i feel like in the end he possibly felt like a failure because, I mean, he could easily see that the kids that he was teaching in the 60s and the 50s, the ones that were so inquisitive and so respectful, they, they, that they, by the time the 80s came, it wasn't like that no more. No. I mean, he literally would have to go to Harlem and to Brooklyn and shit. And he realized that eventually he wasn't even talking. His competition was Transformers, Voltron, and shit like that. And those shows are, are pretty violent. You know, He-Man... People wielding swords. It was a it was an epidemic that went on when Superman came out. A lot of kids were putting capes on and jumping off of buildings and killing themselves because they thought they could fly. Hey man, just the world ain't always been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's never been perfect. America's never been great. No, you know. But there was a period of time where, if you paid attention to his um his teaching content, it changed and got a lot more serious because. The, he realized that his competition on TV and the effect of that was was damaging these kids because once again, like they're seeing Superman jump off this building, they feel like they could do the same thing because they didn't understand the dynamics of TV. So it's always been like that. I remember back back way back in the day, I was arguing with uh, JJ about the effect of media. Like people don't want to believe that the media has the effects that it has, and it's like, bro, like there's no doubt about it. Like. I told y'all about soap operas. I told y'all about, I'm telling y'all about these kids jumping off of buildings because they saw Superman do it. They start 
They start wanting to be superheroes more than just wanting to be doctors and firemen because what they saw on the TV start changing. You know, the if you ever go to a kid's birthday party now, when last time you been to a kid's birthday party? A couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Could you tell me the theme of it? Uh, it was a unicorn theme. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it, it, that's actually pretty cool, like a unicorn theme, but it's not realistic. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, know. you never know. Yeah, <laughs> but Uni- unicorns are rare. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, they are. They're very rare. Very rare. God, mermaids. Very rare and very misleading. Yeah. Oh man, it's sad. It's sad. But <laughs> you thought you thought that you had a unicorn. You just had a horse with a knot on his head. You know, and then you later <laughs> on you figure out why she had that knot on her head. And the knot on her head. Yeah. But no, and I, the theme of birthday parties even changed because I know at one point that. You know, there were there were there were themes that were innocent like that, like the unicorn, the mermaid themes and shit. But then, you know, a lot of times you it's it's starting to get a lot more different now. You're getting themes like I want a Cardi B theme, I want a Destiny's Child theme. You know, it's it's I've seen I, it. Yeah, yeah, I you believe know? it. So it's it's good that like I said, it's good it's good that we still have parents out there that want to preserve the innocence of their children. And I think that that's a big factor. With where we going as where we're going as a society, because when it's more parents making more responsible parents making decisions, I feel like the world is in a better place. But that's not the case anymore because we have so many irresponsible parents making decisions, and especially when it comes to exploiting their kids on the internet or exploiting their kids. Period. Back in the day, exploiting your kids was really just a Hollywood thing. You had your Brooke Shields. Am I right? Brooke Shields, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those were rare cases. You had your Michael Jackson. It's fucked up as it is. He definitely exploited Mike. Yeah. Um, But those were rare cases. It's it's an everyday thing now. Everyday thing. One of my favorite little kids that's exploited on here right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I ain't talking about Lil Hank. Look, at least Lil Hank got some talent. My guy, little ain't got talent, bro. Oh, but I actually shit. like the little girl that be that she gets scripted. She gets oh, Mila, scripted. yeah, Mila. She's <laughs> she's funny, but it's definitely scripted. Oh yeah, she's a cute little white girl. They're exploiting her. Definitely, like Gavin was exploited. Gavin was the mean king, bro. He still is the king. Bro. <laughs> it's funny because it's like it's such an accident with Gavin, dog. <laughs> It is Gavin just has these facial expressions that he can't control. He can't control them at all. It's just, it's just Gavin. Bro, did you see the little girl where her she's on the slide and she has a pacifier and her dad's filming her? It's like you know, first time down the slide and she goes wee and she just jumps. Like she doesn't try to slide at all. Wow. She just she just dives. Good and Lord. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> I ain't seen them. Bro, I crack up every time I see that. Oh, and you man. know, they, of course they memed it out and women will be like, me jumping to conclusions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, memes are not hard to make. No, not at all. They, people make memes in the comment section of a picture now. But, um, man, it, we, we can go on forever, man. It's Labor Day tomorrow. And if you're listening to this on Labor Day, happy Labor Day to you. Everybody, Hopefully you got the day off. Exactly. People forget that that is not the case. Labor Day is that is meant for that, but people still go to people work. People still B. go to work. I think the only day nationwide where people are probably off ninety eight percent is Christmas Day. And some people still working that I day. Know. 
Jack in the Box be open, open. And I appreciate the fuss sometimes too. Really? I mean, if I don't if I don't get down at the grandma in them house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's been fun talking to you, bro. But I'm about to go home and take another nap. I, I I got a drafting at seven, so. Another one. Another one. Man. I'm in three leagues this year. Three? I'm in two. Yeah. I'm in two. I have no strategy going this one. I might even auto draft. I auto draft last year and won the regular season. They end up losing in the playoffs. Okay. Due okay. to injury, but. Man, I, haven't, I haven't even paid my dues yet. I think my son is playing fantasy for the first time. No, oh, really? Year. Yeah, he's uh, he'll get he'll he gonna get in our league next year, cause uh, I think I think the youngest they usually start about fifteen, sixteen. The second thing is I would have to pay for him. <laughs> but hey, I got two chances of winning. Yeah, that money's like yeah, this, this is my money by the way. All my money. It's your last bet. <laughs> this is my seed money. This is my winning money, Bruh. So yeah, um, I feel confident about one of them, but. Confidence is irrelevant in final in fantasy football. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, it 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 depends on those people you select. Who's your who's your gym? Who does who's the person that you hope that should be able to ride throughout the whole season? Alvin Kamara. Man, everybody's riding on him, dude. I worry about him. I, I, as you should. But I like a back that can catch. Yeah. I'm so I'll that. go for the Alvin Kamaras, the Ezekiel Elliott's, the Christian McCaffrey's, the. Other backs that can catch out of the backfield. Matt Forte retired, right? Yeah, he's done. He was good. He was a good fantasy yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Peter, those. Peterson can catch out the backfield, but he's not known yeah, for it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, he's not known for it. I got you. I yeah. Know. Yeah, Ingram is more of a grinder. Right. Yeah. So, I, I prefer I prefer them because it's like I have another receiver, basically. Gotcha. Because they'll get a, get a rushing touchdown or a receiving touchdown, and, you know, those points add up. I'm I'm, I'm a ride. I'm going to hope David Johnson has a comeback season. And um, I, I couldn't yeah, get yeah Sam Bradford back there yeah yeah which which means that when it's time to run they're gonna run at smart times and it's a good chance it might turn into a touchdown because when you got a Sam Bradford you're, you're throwing for touchdowns yeah um and and I think Saquon is gonna hopefully be that guy I feel like I feel like with the with the way the league is set up this year like lately rookie backs that are just good are gonna be good other than that I mean. No, really, really no wide receiver I really care about. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Julio Jones, my favorite receiver. Julio Jones and AJ Green are my favorite receivers. So, oh, I, I see AJ is still at the top of the rankings, but I, I kind of avoided him this season. Of course, I, I don't trust Gingers. Damn, you think they're evil? Yeah. I mean, historically. And any Ginger that hears this, don't at me. Because <laughs> I don't trust you. You know what? He, I know some Gingers. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Can't name them. I don't trust them. They listen? I don't trust them. Okay. <laughs> and Metro definitely doesn't trust them. Oh, words of advice? I got them. Oh, you got words of advice? Yeah. Oh, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me pull up mine. Okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and start then. Okay. You know, uh, oh, shout out to my mom retiring from her job. Uh, she did 29 years with the, the state of Texas. You know, big deal. Shout out to her. Um, we went to her retirement luncheon on Friday. And it was messed up because... Like people came from different prisons that worked with her throughout her career to to you know take part in the day celebration, but her like she was the assistant warden by the time she retired, but the warden at her last prison he didn't even show up to her her retirement luncheon, and so and it it just it gave me a, a sense of you know what kind of friendship she had what kind of relationships she had built and it, it ended up leading me to this quote it says. Sometimes jealousy isn't because of 
what you have materialistically, people envy how others love you. And I think that was one of those situations where he seen, he knew all the love that she was getting. Like typically when somebody retires, they're like, okay, you know, we're going to do finger foods and stuff like this. And they was like, no, we're going to do a whole barbecue spread. We're going to have all these desserts. We're going to give her these gifts. You know, it was a big production that typically doesn't happen. And so I think he was jealous of the love that she gets, like the lives that she's touched through her 29 years. And it let me know, like, you know, love isn't that materialistic, like jealousy, that jealousy isn't materialistic. Like it's not about the car she drives, the house she has or anything like that. But that jealousy stemmed from the love and the respect that she had from all the people that she's ever worked with. Damn, 29 years. I like that number. I like that number. She almost made it to 30. Close. No cigar. Very, very close. Guess who did make it to 30? Man. Your boys. Jokes on you. We still alive. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I like that, though, man. You know, shout out to Mama Brooks. It, when you talk about your family, I just automatically had to shout out Pete Town. She's automatic, bro. She's just fun. Bro, P-Town is a mess, bro. P-Town will FaceTime me. She's like, all right, Uncle Jay, look what I can do. I'm finna turn flips in the bed. And she'll put the camera, the phone up just so I can see her turn flips in the bed. I'm like, somebody gonna come in there and whoop your ass. You might won't stop. No, I'm good. Five minutes later, somebody comes in there to whoop her ass. <laughs> Trying to tell you. Is she a gymnast? She was. She used to be. She's not expensive. anymore. She's expensive, I understand. Yeah. From parent to parent, trust me, I understand. <laughs> she, I seen something I seen something today about um uh, I post it later. But uh, my words of advice is, you know, I think we if 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 you're listening to this and if and if you are a, a supporter of No Boundaries, um once again my recommendation definitely was the Mr. Rogers documentary. If you're into documentaries, um yeah, you might cry if you care if you have a heart, you might cry. No, I'm like, but I think to carry his mantle of kindness is important. I feel like all this fake humble shit, all this, all these positive vibes that y'all sending out here digitally, but not sending them out in real life. Everybody knows how I feel about that. Um, I think that let's pick up the mantle again and let's be kind to one another. Um, even though I sit here and say I don't have a lot of faith in humanity, that that's that's me. But even though I don't have the faith in the humanity that I once did, I'm still not, I'm still not out here cutting people off, you know, on the streets. Houston, I'm still out here out here flicking people off. You will never have to worry about me charging you up in a club if you step on my Jordans or some shit like that. I'm I'm about peace. You You're know? not road raging? Yeah, I, I just not I'm just not about that life, you know. Like Lupe used to say, man, peace and love, bro. It's I I, I, I believe even though people may not believe that, you may have this I can't be Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers was special. I can't be Ned Flanders. I can't be, you know, Bob Ross. Like those guys were special. <laughs> These they're so special that I mixed them in there with an animated character because it's like unreal. <laughs> you know, but the reality is, I mean, we can be kind to each other. Like, you don't even have to like people, but at the end of the day, you don't have to treat people like shit. It's not right. And on another note, um, you might see me you might hear me on another podcast this week. Jay wasn't on the podcast with me, which was probably fucked up. Yeah, I'm <laughs> trash. It's fine. <laughs> but he got—he was in there a tattoo parlor for five hours or whatever. But uh, when we feel like it, podcast, you'll catch me on there. Had another pretty good conversation. Lasted about an hour. And uh, once again, happy Labor Day to you if you're listening to this on Labor Day. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization... 
people had craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary 